Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Today in history, in 1922, Benito Mussolini threatens Italian newspapers with censorship if they keep reporting quote-unquote false information. Welcome to What the Fuck History, where we discuss the wackiest and weirdest things that make us say, well, what the fuck history. I am your world's greatest detective, Zachary, and I have a story tonight for you folks. Quick, Matt and Megan, the game is afoot. Oh, I'm ready. Hi, my name is Megan, and for this Christmassy season, I'll be your Yuletide Fae Queen. And I'm Matt, and today it's my turn for a long intro because today I learned that President John Tyler has a living grandson named Harrison. I thought about doing this as a full story, but there isn't really enough meat on its bones to do that, so I'll just quickly go through the important points. John Tyler Mm -hmm. was born in 1790, had a son named Lion when he was 63 in 1853. Lion had his son Harrison when he was 75 in the year 1928. Harrison Tyler is 93 years old. Holy oh fuck. my god. Why did they... Why did it take them so long to have children? It's a great question. They needed the perfect one, like the perfect name of Lion. Lion yeah, for a fucking lion. child? Lion. Yeah, that's a lion. good name, dude. This is so my son, a, Lion. So I'm not gonna lie, like, I have a really big thing for uh, names that are nouns. Like, the yeah. weirder the noun, the better the name. Yeah. I don't know why, it just is a thing, but Lion is top tier. Oh, baby. Got it. I okay. have a thing for names. Um, <laughs> Alright, folks, our strikes are set at zero, and Rock, Paper, Scissors has been played. And the order for this episode is Zach, followed by me, followed by Megan, and I can assure you that though our topics are history-related, none of them are super sad this time, so please, do not judge us by our last episode. <laughs> yeah! It's not super sad Or, like, sad the four episodes before Yeah, that. please, like, just, hey, guys, sometimes <laughs> history is sad. Sometimes we all get a little depressed. Oh, welcome to What the Fuck History. Sometimes history is sad. Yeah. Yes, so tonight my story is not sad. It's only just about murder. All right. I mean, depending <laughs> on who's getting murdered, it's not sad. It's actually a cause of celebration. I mean, fair enough. I just, I wanted that awkward pause where I said not sad and then just talked about someone and then dying. it's just murder. It's just murder. It's just only, it's a little bit of murder. Just Some a white little homicide. bit of murder. You know, it happens. Tonight. And tonight only, my story begins in the not-so-far year of 1983. Ladies and gentlemen, come one, come all. One night only, Zach's story. Exactly. (laughs) Um, So it begins in the town of Hiley, Florida. Yes, that's right, it's a Florida story, so shit's about to get weird. Woohoo! 
Early in the December evening of 1983, a pair of joggers stumble across a body in a parking lot. The body is that of Francisco Patino Gutierrez, who was murdered earlier Ooh. on in the evening before being unceremoniously dumped into the parking lot, where he was discovered. Any questions so far? No. It seems pretty straightforward. No, no. It would be straightforward if issues with the case did not begin to arise very quickly, as by the time police arrived on the scene, a terrible rainstorm started to roll in, which made finding any kind of clues damn near impossible. Police couldn't really do anything until the following day. With very little information being known, all the police really knew was that the victim was, again, Francisco Gutierrez, he was Colombian mm-hmm. in nationality. He was a seaman. I said that word very carefully. Let's not. You did indeed. I, and then you, you harped I, on it, so we <laughs> couldn't just move past it. I definitely heard Zach being like, "I will deliberately." He's like, "I will very this. deliberately say the word seaman, so that Matt can't say seaman, huh?" But then he brought it up, and again. The point is made. It's not a good segue if you have to point out how good a segue it is. So here's it's the not thing. a good avoidance of the word semen if you have to point it out, Zach. Well, what I wanted to do is I wanted to avoid it, and then I realized this is a comedy podcast. I should loop back. Yeah, you really should. <laughs> anyway, so he was Colombian, he was a seaman, and he traveled to Miami via Panama aboard a cargo ship. Panama! Yes. That's all I can do before we get copyrighted. <laughs> Panama! Um, now, yeah. as I said, very little clues were able to be found. This body was unceremoniously and just hastily dumped into a parking lot. And right when they were about to give up, the police notice as they are going back and looking at some crime scene photos there is a plastic bag taped to a dumpster near the body of gutierrez and they look back in all the photos and they realize that this plastic bag has been taped to the dumpster the whole time great powers of observations my good sirs sherlock holmes they are not sherlock holmes they are not now this is where it begins (laughs) to get funky In the plastic bag, there is a note, and the note reads, Once you are back on the track, you'll travel in night, so prepare your old self for a terrible fright. Now the motive is clear, and the victim is too. You've got all the answers. Just follow the clues. Oh my god, you weren't wrong. This is this is like a weird inheritance game, you know, like murder mystery. This is Knives Out, but in the real world. So as I said, Matt and Megan, grab your coats. The game is afoot. I'm not really a foot guy. I know, guy. dude. It's a... Okay. <laughs> well, you might be. I love doing that to Zach. I gets me so put out. Anyway, the cryptic note leads a bunch of these gentlemen to find the next clue, including... One Sergeant David Miller, who solves the riddle somehow, which leads him to another note... That is taped to the back of a speed limit sign. Wow. This note is quickly taken and read, and it reads the following. Yes, Matthew is dead, but his body not felt. 
Those brains were not Matt's because his body did melt. For Billy threw Matt in some hot boiling oil to confuse the police for the mystery they did toil. Matt's brain has also this? melted. Ah. This, this yeah. one, so, me. I like to I like to joke a whole lot um, mm-hmm. about my D and D characters and how I'm not a puzzle boy. Yes, but you knew uh, I, Zach, I am. Yeah, Zach will attest to that because usually when we're in campaigns together, I'm like, ah, yes, the puzzle boy over here will help us. Now it is known that I do love a good puzzle, but this one is particularly interesting because now apparently we have a serial killer amongst us because if you remember the victim's name was francisco and this note so who is matt who is matt Matt? they're just making more notes taunting the police and they have been laid before the body was even discovered so bravo to the killer i do say bravo bravo So the police and Sergeant Miller are now getting super pissed off and just getting completely frustrated at this point. So they start asking the public about it and putting information out into the world that will later be called the Liquid Matthew case. (laughs) Okay. I almost wish that you were low-key telling this story completely in couplets. I thought about doing it in an Did accent you think the whole about time, it? and I'm kind of doing it now. Okay. I could do couplets, but that would take much too much work. If I had more time... No, 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 that's fair. Now, I will only take a small and very important aside here to allow both you, Matt, and you, Megan, to ask me any questions or conje- make conjectures about who is the murderer and what is going on. I think the detective is the murderer. Okay. Uh, you think I so? I he, um, I think he killed people and laid out these clues, and then he brought people around so that he could be like, Look, I'm solving a murder! Hmm. All right. Either that All or right. it was uh, Colonel Mustard in the conservatory with the yeah. classic. Ah, uh, yes, yes, yes. Yep, that, Naturally. That was going to be my guess, actually. Okay. I don't know, dude. I think it's just like a complete, like, I think it's actually a complete eccentric murderer. Like, who really loves rhymes? It's the Joker. Yeah, I think it's the Riddler. It's gotta be the Riddler. I think it's the Riddler. That's my guess. That's my final guess. So final guess is it's the Sergeant or Colonel Mustard. Oh! And okay. the other one is the Riddler. Okay. Yeah, yeah it's the Riddler. Whatever the Riddler. this, whatever uh, the equivalent of the Riddler is in this story, that's who it, it is. It legitimately could be nothing ought the Riddler. All right. Well, okay. With that out of the way, and no guesses coming even close to the truth. Oh, damn. I shall reveal to you the answer, which, of course, since I am the world's greatest detective, was plain to me since the beginning. Well, you also... You also researched this story, so... Shh. Why do you have to say something so controversial yet so Two church members end up responding to the information put out by the good sergeant. Mm-hmm. Two months earlier, in late October, the local church decided to stage a murder mystery party to give the children of the neighborhood something to do. 
my and God. much like the night that our poor victim, Mr. Gutierrez, was murdered, a swift rainstorm kicked up, oh, canceling God. the event. But the clues had already been laid out. Well, the notes were tucked into plastic bags and left so they wouldn't be ruined before the activity took place. And since the rain came and the activity was cancelled, everyone forgot about the notes that had been left. Amazing. Honestly, who you sound like right now is Jonathan Frakes. Like, (laughs) from, um, uh, like, have you ever seen that compilation movie of him asking you things? It's just like... (laughs) But but could you send an email from a typewriter? And I didn't. I didn't even. And think if you of could, that. Oh. yeah, it's like if you could send an email. Was the plant the murderer? <laughs> <laughs> this is exactly what happens. Yes. So in the end, our liquefied friend Matthew was an elaborate ruse, a fantasy created in order to keep the minds of young children occupied. I can't believe it. I cannot either. It still leaves, though, our chilly friend, who by now is most likely suffering from a severe case of rigor mortis. Well, it turns out that Mr. Gutierrez came off of his boat from Panama into Miami with an astounding 11 pounds of cocaine on him. Oh, my God. Oh, Jesus. (laughs) Panama! Wait. (laughs) Cocaine that was very quickly confiscated by the authorities leaving the buyer in Miami quite perturbed to stay the least. And, well, simply perturbed enough to strangle Mr. Gutierrez and leave him to rot in a parking lot. The clues left around were a coincidence and a proper red herring. The victim was part of a drug ring and, quite frankly, underwhelming at that. But the thrill of it all, immeasurable. The thrill! The thrill of it all! Yes. Wow, dude. (laughs) So basically, to sum it up and not do this whole elaborate goofy thing that I've been doing this whole time because it felt absolutely necessary. It was was necessary. A church decided to stage some stuff with a whole bunch of other churches, leaving a whole bunch of fake clues for a murder mystery. Forgot that they did it. Someone got murdered and coincidentally was near one of the clues. (laughs) I can't believe it, dude. That's so funny. Imagine the coincidence of that, though. The coincidence of it is, is, it's ridiculous, because it's, again, they started trying to solve a murder that never happened while trying to solve a murder that did happen. Yeah, but, like, that's amazing. That's the most amazing thing that I've ever heard. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is how you make a murder fun. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Now, I must find Mrs. Hudson and request she warm me up a cup of tea while I fetch oil and a human finger. I must know if a Matthew can actually be melted. I mean, you come around here and I'll definitely melt. Oh, baby. (laughs) Oh, boy! (laughs) I was, um... I was actually, like, talking about something vaguely similar with my mom. Nothing um, In that, like, amateur... No, amateur detectives. Oh, uh, And how, like, it's just a bunch of nerds who are very good at puzzles, you know? And, like, they're actually helping to solve real-life murders because they like solving fake-life murders. 
and they're helping like actual police departments by scanning evidence and like just being very detailed oriented and this story sort of has those similar vibes similar vibes indeed yeah i mean it's just really interesting like people are very good or certain people not me i'm not in this Um, (laughs) very quickly they're just like very good yeah well like i'm gonna exclude myself because like i like i said i'm you're not a puzzle i'm not good at puzzles i'm not a puzzle boy not the puzzle like people give me riddles and I'm like, no, I have absolutely no idea. And they're like, no, think about it. And I'm like, I can't. I can't. My brain. My brain doesn't wrap <laughs> it that It hurts. Way. Oh, sorry. Yeah, it doesn't wrap that You're way. You're telling me to think about it is vaguely reminiscent of my father yelling at me that I just yelling the math equation to me again and again and again. <laughs> yeah. And they're saying like, I don't get why you I don't, don't understand why you don't get it. It's two plus two. I don't know addition, dad. <laughs> They're supposed to be teaching you this. Yeah, yeah. I can't solve the murder, Sergeant. Or I guess in uh, or I guess in Megan's case, it would be more like shine that light over here. No, over here. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Hold the light up, Dad. Yeah, my dad is very particular, like all dads, about where you shine the light. (laughs) And they'll get very like all fathers. Um. Uh. Okay, so. I, I'm assuming that there's no more antics to be had with your story, Zach. There's no more antics. They they, they no figure it out. They find out that it's all really about drugs uh, and that the murder mystery was a whole big elaborate ruse that was not meant to sidetrack them. And that's it. Dude's still dead. Dude's still dead. <laughs> Dude's still dead. At the end of the day, there is still a dead body and that is kind of tragic. I imagine yeah. that the people that were working on that we're like, oh man, it's just a dead body. We're like, oh man, it's just <laughs> oh, a drug man. bust. It's just a drug bust. Or like a drug deal gone wrong or like whatever. Alright. Do you think that's how like the the drug units feel um every single day? They're just like, Hey, do you think today Do you think today we're gonna get a real we go cool after the cartel? Drug like drug bust happen? Nope. Or... It's just drugs. Nope, it's just gonna be drugs. It's just drugs. Drugs all the time, you know? Day in, day out. It's always fucking drugs. Day in, day (laughs) out. It's drugs. (laughs) All right. I'm going to tell you guys an interesting story uh, about an interesting man Mm -hmm. by the name of Jeffrey Hudson. Does that name ring a bell to either of you? Does that mean a thing? No. Well, then let me educate you, friends. He was born in 1619 to a poor country family, and his life was very quickly sold into the service of the local Duchess, Duke and Duchess of Buckingham. Okay. Oh, okay. That's, I thought this was in America for a minute. That's, that's pretty <laughs> sad. Like, no, uh, no, we're, we're in England. Uh, and the reason that oh, his parents England, decided yeah. very readily to sell their child uh, was because he was a little person. Oh, oh, I thought because he was just a child, and those are inherently very annoying. Yes, yeah, that too. <laughs> like, get rid of it. Yeah, get rid of it. We don't need one of these. We have 15 others. Yeah. <laughs> they just start selling them after 12. Uh, so <laughs> That's when they start getting useful, dude. In, no, I mean, after 12 children, they just sell the new ones. Oh. Oh, I thought you meant after 12 years of no, age, no, 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 that's no. when they start selling no, them. No, after 12 kids, <laughs> they've got a small army. They got at least one foot, one side of a football team, you know? Yeah. Yeah. 
the reason that they sold him is because he was a little person and options for working were limited for limited people back in medieval England. So Jeffrey's parents believed this be uh, this would be sorry the best way for him to make it out of poverty. That's a little bit bass backwards there. It is a little bit bass backwards, but he was sold into the service of the Duke and Duchess. The type of dwarfism that Jeffrey suffered from, and I'm not even sure if it is dwarfism technically, I don't know. Someone can educate me in the comments if they'd like to. I'm sure Steve will have something to say about it later. Uh, but he had an issue with his pituitary gland, which essentially stopped him from growing. Okay. And so he wasn't, in most cases with other forms of dwarfism, their, like, legs are stunted or their arms or anything like that. He grew proportionally. He just did not grow tall. He just was oh. not a tall boy. Huh. But he, like, so okay. he just looked like a child man at all times. Okay. A child man? A child man. A man child. A little boy. He Benjamin Buttoned. We'll say that. Got it. Where am I in this fucking script? <laughs> Uh, shit. I went Sorry. off on a tangent. Um, okay. So, in 1626, at the age of seven, the Duke of Buckingham is hosting a party uh, that will have many people in attendance, but most importantly in that party uh, will be Charles I and his wife, Queen Henrietta Maria. Now, the Duke of Buckingham really wants to get in with the royals. And so he's like, what the fuck can I do to impress this visiting king and queen? And so he cooks up an amazing idea. He has the bakers make a pie that is two feet wide and two feet tall. And in the center of the pie is Jeffrey Hudson. Oh, in a no. Suit, in a suit of armor tailored just Wait. for him. The pie what? is brought out to dinner, and Jeffrey fights his way out of the pie and marches up and down the banquet hall holding a little flag. So he's not baked into the pie alive. He is like, the pie is cooked. And he, and he is added is, later. He is put into it, yes. So he's not, he's not dead, and he fights his way out of the pie, and he marches up and down the banquet hall with a little flag in his hand, and the queen loves him so much that the duchess offers him as a gift. Okay. So, like, oh. this is this is just this kid's whole life story at this point. <laughs> this is pretty fucked up, but I'm interested. My mom and dad didn't want me, so they sold me to the duke and duchess. The duke and duchess didn't want me, so they sold me to the queen. <laughs> I feel like he's just moving up. He's, yeah, no. At least he's climbing the ladder, you know? Apparently his parents' thoughts about him fucking, like, leaving poverty were pretty true because he ended up with the I queen. guess so. The Duchess offers him as a gift, and from this moment on, it's said that the queen and Jeffrey were pretty much inseparable. He went almost everywhere with her, uh... I have more information. Uh, he's taken back to London. He's given a basic education. He learns how to hunt and how to shoot. Um, he... I keep getting lost in my own fucking script. He eventually gets paid a salary just to exist. Wait. 
I want that. Yeah, no, yeah. please. In my research, it said fifty pounds per annum, which I believe means year. It's so he was year. getting paid fifty pounds a year just for being in Wait, existence. And, and what year was it? Uh this was in sixteen. He was sold in sixteen twenty six, and I don't think he started earning a paycheck until he was twenty one. Oh, okay. So we're in like the mid, the mid, the mid sixteen hundreds. Yeah. I mean, fifty pounds a year is like that's a lot of dough. It's like a decent amount of cash. It's Not only that, but while you tell the it's fifty pounds of dough on top of the fact that he's probably does never has to pay for a meal or a place yeah. to sleep in his entire life. Yeah, it's he's fifty pounds on top of three hots and a cup. Yeah. yeah. And uh, she loves him. She treats him like a son. Actually, there are people at court that uh, say that she treats him more like a pet, which is kind of, it's a little Fucked sad. Up. I mean, everything about it is kind of sad if you think about it. But he's kind of given free run of the place. Um, well, not I really mean, free run. He's with the queen pretty much all the time. But he's given all the things that you'd expect, like, a child to be given you know education he's taught to hunt and shoot okay i was about to say i mean that's 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 more than i'd be asking for fuck if you want to pay me a living wage feed me and house me throw a fucking leash on me and i'll fucking bark for you hell yeah yeah. let's fucking go i (laughs) I don't give a shit so he goes he goes everywhere with the queen and as i said most of the people that are at court saw him uh more as a pet and ultimately his role as far as like what it said that he does is he's a servant to the queen. Um, but again, directly to the queen. Okay. So he would travel with her in summers and springs when they would go to other areas to do like court processions and shit like that. And then in the winters, uh, he would keep himself entertained by performing with a local circus. He had a double act with a giant by the name of William Evans William Evans was reportedly seven foot six. Oh, okay. okay. He would come out on stage wearing a large jacket, and from one of his uh, from one of his pockets, he would pull an entire loaf of bread, and then from his other coat pocket, he would pull out Jeffrey, and he would make it as if he was going to. He would eat. just pull him out. He would just pull him out of a pocket, and he would make it as if he was going to eat Jeffrey like a sandwich. So he would, like, cut the bread in half, and he'd put Jeffrey in between, and then he'd hold it up to his mouth, and it would, just, it would be very, very funny. Okay. Um, to, those, to those watching. But that's kind of, you know, how he, uh, how he entertained himself. And in uh, 1642, there is a civil war, and the queen and Jeffrey leave to head to Holland, where the queen attempts to raise funds for the war effort... But they end up sort of bouncing around trying to keep themselves safe. And they end up in Yorkshire where they are attacked by... I can't remember the fucking name of the people. But they get attacked. And that happens in 1643. They get attacked by a ship. And Geoffrey, hearing all the soldiers run, run to the defense of this town, he goes with them. You know, he's like... I'm going to go help because I am a big tough boy and they're trying to hurt my mommy. Unfortunately for Jeffrey, they never make landfall. They don't get off the ships. They're just barraging uh, the town that he's in from their ships. So he doesn't actually get a chance 
to fight. Do anything. However, there is a fight later on that he becomes a part of, and the queen gives him the title Captain of the Horse. And so he is now Jeffrey Hudson, Captain of the Horse. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Um, but the fact remains that poor Jeffrey is in fact a little person in a time when little person little little persons little people were looked down on um yeah and so no matter what his title was uh he was very often taunted for his size and during a jaunt in i believe a uh, part of France in 1644 a man taunted his size and he challenged that man to a duel hell yeah that man yeah dude that man was named charles crofts and charles crofts happened to be the brother of the queen's master of horse oh now the brother of the queen's master of horse came to this fight this duel with a pump water gun. So if you've ever seen the type of, like, slide water guns where you can just, like, pull in a bunch of water and then push it out. Mm-hmm. He came to the fight with a, a doohickey that was very similar to this type of contraption. So this asshole came with a fucking super soaker? He, yeah, I mean, like, the 1644 version of a super soaker. <laughs> Ye old super soaker? Ye old super soaker. And I probably don't have to tell you kids, but I will tell the kids at home, uh, don't bring a water gun to a gunfight. <laughs> <laughs> the wrinkle in this is that it was to be a mounted gunfight. And so uh, the two jump on horses, but as I mentioned, this guy brought a water gun and Jeffrey brought pistols. <laughs> Jeffrey didn't fucking play. Jeffrey put a fucking bullet between the dude's noggin. Nice! Hell yeah, go Jeff! Yeah, go Jeff. Go, buddy. The issue with this, though, Zach, is that yeah. this wasn't just some random person that he oh, No, 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 no. He definitely <laughs> killed someone important. It was a it was a person of importance. <laughs> yeah, you know. And just so a um, one could say though that um 
He fucking asked for it. You know, yeah, fuck around and find out. Fuck around even and back find then. Out. Play stupid games, win stupid prizes. <laughs> I would love it, though, if that was, um, like, a carnival game, though. Stupid <laughs> game. And, like, all the prizes Are were... really dumb. Should be. Are really dumb. Should be real dumb. I thought you were going to go the opposite way, where it's like, I'm seeing this played out in court, and it's like, what do you have, what does the defense have to say? Fuck around and find out. Fuck around, find out. Okay. Play stupid games, win stupid prizes. I would love that, though, <laughs> if, it, if it had happened that way, but unfortunately, it did not. If someone in history said that, I, they would be my instant hero. I think it'll happen sometime in the near future, to be honest. I was going to say, if anyone challenged me to a duel and I win and I get put on trial for Moida, you Moida. know what I'm going to say. <laughs> Fuck around, find out. Yeah. I, I have out. to assume that, like, if this happened nowadays. Mm-hmm. Well, okay, so first of all, the other, the other reason Jeffrey got into a little bit of trouble is because dueling was, in fact, illegal in the part of France that he was working around um, at the time. And so that was bad news bears. But, like, imagine a time today where dueling is acceptable. Yeah. And this guy challenges a man because of his height. And he's like, I'm going to fucking fight you. And the guy's like, sure. And he shows up to the fight with a super soaker. And then the guy gets blasted. I can only imagine that a person nowadays would be like, he fucked around and he found out. Well, we, were, we were in an honorable duel. Yeah, and a judge. And then a judge just like, no, you're right. rules in his favor. See, if I was the judge, I would have heard that the guy brought ye old super soaker. I would have laughed until I fell out of my chair. And then I'd have been like, this case is fucking dismissed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he goddamn this, asked for this it. This case I think, is closed. I think it's just... I think it stands to somewhat of a reason, though, that, like, Jeffrey would have been very upset. Uh, given yeah. the fact that, like... So... He hasn't been taken seriously pretty much his whole life. And people continue to not take him seriously, despite the fact that, according to reports, he did come to the defense of the queen enough to be called the captain of the horse. You know, so imagine showing up to a gunfight and the guy's just like, I've got a little water pistol. And uh, Jeffrey's just like, well, I've got a real pistol. I'm, I'm sorry to tell you, but this will not go well for you. I have I have an actual weapon, sir, and I am not afraid to it's use it. It's important to know that, like, he buries it between the guy's eyes off a mounted oh. horse. He makes a good, shot. a good fucking shot. He was a good shot. He got taught how to shoot. Again, as I mentioned, it's problematic because dueling was illegal in the part of mm-hmm. France that he was in. And Jeffrey's now dead opponent... Uh, had been a person of some prominence. Uh, So, with a tear in her eye, Queen Henrietta Maria had to banish young Jeffrey Hudson from court. And he was. Yeah, so from court. He wasn't, like, banished from England or anything. However, on his way back to England in 1644, uh, Jeffrey gets uh, captured by Turkish slavers. Oh, no. No! And he gets sold into um, the service of uh, Barbary pirates. He is a slave for the pirates for 25 years. Okay. Before he is freed. 
And then again, on his return to England, he is imprisoned because people recognize him as the the queen's pet dwarf, as they say. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So he gets thrown in prison for an additional year. And then uh, when he is... When he is freed from prison, he, uh, you know, lives his life with little to no pomp and circumstance after this, which is kind of like a theme that I've been going for for the past two episodes. (laughs) It's a big, exciting thing, and then nothing. Yeah, well, like, so the interesting thing about the stories that I've done recently, as far as, like, the little boy who served in World War I and this guy here they have like a very interesting front half of their life and then the latter half is sort of just like quiet existence but i would say that like his life just went from sad point to sad point kind of well not really sad point i mean he's sold and then he's uh offered as a gift and that like middle bit where he's living with the queen is pretty good but then like He's just known as the queen's pet dwarf. Like, even in the the research that I was doing, pretty much everyone referred to him as her pet dwarf, which just is kind of shitty. That but, is really shitty. You know, that's the story of Jeffrey Hudson. All right. <laughs> and there's nothing else I, to say. I don't know, dude. Sometimes I think about, like, the the lives of people in history and how, if they were so inclined, their memoirs would have been like a New York Times bestseller. Not that that's saying a lot, considering every book now is a New York Times bestseller. (laughs) Yeah, you just have to pay. Yeah. Yeah, you just have to pay. But back when the New York Times bestseller list was actually, you know, an accolade, their their lives would definitely be on it. Yeah. Yeah. I just think it's, you know, it's kind of a weird story. And I just figured, like, I mean, I, I came across it, while I was scrolling some random, like, Reddit or something like that. And it was just like, have you heard the story of the Queen's Pet Dwarf? And I was like, this sounds what-the-fuck-worthy. So, so I researched <laughs> it. I think it's cool that, like... I think what's interesting about this story particularly is that it's cool that despite how he was belittled mostly through his life, he was able to keep his head up and, like, he, yeah. fought, he fought with honor. Like, even if this guy came to a duel... Like, with a water gun, and he's like, I'm still gonna fuck him up, because my honor demands it. Like, I think I think that's what my takeaway from the story is, is just like, yeah, you can let people treat you like shit, or you can define yourself however you want. I think that that's the best thing about it. I, I agree with you there, where it's like, he, he was like, I'm not gonna let anything stand in my way from living my life. So if you want to stand in the way, fuck you. I'll put a bullet between your eyes. Yeah, dude. Started started from the bottom getting sold. Ended, I guess, vaguely on top. Started started from the bottom. Um, Now we here. Now I'm. I mean, still on the bottom. But like I'm a little bit on the bottom. But like at least I'm not being sold to anyone (laughs) at the moment. Congratulations. Yeah, so that's my story, and I'm sticking to it. Megan, I like it. Tell us that your tell one. us your thing. So mine is pretty pretty upbeat are you, as well. Are you going to tell us the title yeah. of your notes? Yeah. Oh yeah, of course. Um, it's called "Building Jesus from the Ground Up." <laughs> oh, okay. Oh man. <laughs> Can you guess what it's about? I think it's about building Jesus from the ground up. You got it. 
<laughs> so, um, I like people who decide that traditional religion isn't really for them yeah. because um, the alternatives that that they come up with like really push the envelope. Yeah, like um, there's a church somewhere. I can't remember exactly yeah. where, but I think it's like somewhere out in the Midwest. I saw this because, again, I was scrolling on Reddit or something, but there's a church that's like the Church of the Big Mommy Milkers or something like that. Oh my god, that's so oh, funny. Fuck. Yeah. Can you just send me, can you send me a sign-up And then there was, a, there was something that someone else posted on something, and it's like, hey, I want to tell you about my religion. And the person responds with, what's your religion? And it was just a picture of, like, thick thighs. And the person <laughs> responded with, I'm interested. <laughs> with a... Can I tell you about my lord and savior, goth girls and fishnets? Oh, thank you. <laughs> Big titty goth girls, those thick Big thighs. Big titty goth girls. Thighs save yeah, they got, Big titty got they got, like, a little bit of pudge sticking out of the, oh, of I'm the stocking. Fully, I'm oh, fully right on top. myself mm. if we... If we continue, please, we need to continue. Build me a new <laughs> Build Jesus. Jesus. Let me stop, dude. I've already built me a I've new already Jesus built you the and ultimate the... Jesus, right, so now... and it's yeah, I know. But we need a less erotic one in order I to already podcast. Yeah, I I only uh. subscribe to erotic Jesuses. Thank you. Thank you very much. That's the name of the episode. I only subscribe to erotic I think Jesus. To make it easier for everyone, it should just be erotic Jesus. Yeah. No, Amen. you're probably right. Yeah, the, you're right. The longer title. Amen. Uh, the full thing just makes a it a. Just, yeah, oh. we found it. So I'm not saying that these alternatives push the envelope in like a good way. Like cults aren't great. Uh, but other times the envelope is pushed in a very baller way, like building your own Mecca Jesus, you know? Okay. Uh, so let's dive in. I'm, I'm listening. Yeah, I'm here to give you the good news, just like this man was. <laughs> Today I'm going to tell you the story of John Murray Spencer. <laughs> yeah. He was an American spiritualist clergyman in the mid-1800s, and for those of you who don't know what spiritualism is... Um, it was a new religious movement at the time that believed that the spirits of the dead exist and have the ability to communicate with the living. Uh, they also could see into the spirit world where spirits were continually evolving past their mortal states, just like Pokemon. Yes. Um, just Hell like yeah. Pokemon, you get it. And <laughs> they could reveal <laughs> useful knowledge on ethics, morals, and the nature of God. I felt like it was important to sort of you know explain what spiritualism was because i think we hear that word a lot and we're like yeah, yeah whatever. i think a lot of people nowadays as as a newly minted singleman um being on the, singleman be, yeah being on the fucking online dating sites for as little as i was like everyone's not religious they're spiritual well unless yeah, so what you're telling like, me is spirituality is like Picking up your phone and being like, yo, Ghastly, what's the good news? <laughs> yo, Ghastly! You've evolved, Ghastly. <laughs> Get Haunter on the line. I, I need to know what's up. That's <laughs> <laughs> like the one ghost-type Pokemon I can fucking pull well, there's out of my also, ass. There's, Sorry. There's Poltegeist, too. That, um, I really like that one, too. Dude, I didn't play Pokemon as a child. No, this is, that's a new one. That's like a new, new one. Oh, it's, in okay. a, it's in a haunted teacup. 
Hey, Megan, if I didn't play Pokemon as a child, what makes you think I play it as an adult? You know what? You you bring up some very good points, and I'm moving on. <laughs> Uh, so Spear was born in Boston. Shout out to a Boston bro. (laughs) And he's saying that coming out of the womb. It was in 1804, but he was a little bit before his time. And he was originally a member of the Universalist Church of America, which believed that a god of love would believe in universal salvation. Um, it was here that Spear and his brother studied theology, and in 1830, he was ordained as a minister in Barnstable. Uh, again, for those of you who aren't from Mass, Barnstable is a town located on the bicep of Cape Cod. You know, you got, like, the hook arm. <laughs> the little hook arm of Cape Cod. Fucking guns of the Cape Cod. The guns of Cape Cod. <laughs> Maybe that should be the, the title of the episode. The Guns of Cape Cod. The Guns of Cape Cod's pretty fucking good. <laughs> uh, so during his time as a minister, he was, like, actually a pretty cool guy. He was, like, very active in petitioning for, like, women's rights, label reform, and, yeah, yes, the yes, removal yes. of the death penalty. Um, and he was also a really prominent abolitionist. To the point where uh, he helped oversee the stretch of the Underground Railroad that ran through Boston. So, oh, I know, yeah. dude. I like what this dude. What a good dude. man. What a, what a good, good man. guy. A good egg. Such a, good a boy. Egg. And he doesn't really stop being a good egg either. Like, in 1852, he does break ties with the Universalist Church, and that's when he turns to spiritualism. And the reason he turns to spiritualism is because... He claimed that he had been contacted by the Association of Electrizers. The yeah, what, it's, what, the, what? it's called the Association of Electrizers, which was comp- which was a group of spirits that included Benjamin Franklin, Thomas Jefferson, John Quincy Adams, and Benjamin Rush. Oh, well, I mean, at yep, least they contacted he's in some him. Esteemed company. Yeah, he's in some esteemed yeah. dead, undead company. Um, and because <laughs> because he had been contacted by these illustrious gentlemen, um, he occasionally forged their signatures on official documents to gain, like, authority that he didn't have. Oh. Oh. And people were like, hey, um, you can't get this permit because Thomas Jefferson is dead. <laughs> He didn't sign this. Yes, but he came back from the dead to tell me. I would, I would absolutely good, love Holmes. that, though, if someone was just like, excuse me, sir. Um, sir. If I could just bring you over here for a minute. We can't process this request because these gentlemen have been dead for some time. And he's just like, <laughs> yeah, no, they came back to let me know that this was all cool. It's not forgery if they're hovering over your shoulder. So he believed that the purpose of the association was to bring new technology to mankind so that people could gain, like, greater depths of personal and spiritual freedom. And he recruited living followers as well. And they all went up to a wooden shed in a hill um, in Lynn, Massachusetts, where they set up work to create the new motive power which is a mechanical messiah that was intended to herald a new era of utopia. Nice. Yeah. 
Okay, Robot Jesus, I'm here for it. It definitely was not a Mecha Jesus cult, if that is what you are implying. It's wait, it's it, not. I'm confused. It is not a cult. We are we are merely bringing the will of dead Ben Franklin and John Quincy Adams to life. Ah, yes. So, like every good cult, they think that they're normal. Yeah, I see. they were very normal. So, the mecha, I mean, new motive power <laughs> was made from copper, zinc, magnets, and a dining room table. Um, at the end of nine months of construction spear and an unnamed woman who he called new mary uh held a ritual and birthed the contraption in an attempt to give it life but this obviously did not work um, and the machine was later dismantled nice now I'm going to show you a picture of the new mode of oh, no. mode of power cuz I I think you guys might enjoy it cuz it does look pretty funny. It doesn't look it doesn't look bad. It just looks like an overly done I think it would have been better though if this actually did come to life and in the voice of Arnold Schwarzenegger was like give me your clothes, your bibles and your prayers. This is the new Jesus? <laughs> What the so, fuck? Yeah, so that's New Jesus. New Jesus is weird, New dude. Jesus just looks like a really pretentious contemporary art piece. I say no. I say no to New yeah, Jesus. Yeah, you're right. I want old Jesus. <laughs> I say no to no, New Jesus, No, you can't too. say no to New Jesus. Mecca Jesus I, is here. I can very clearly say, yeah. I said no to old Jesus a long time ago, and I'm also exact, saying no to New Jesus now. Just like, yeah, I'm... I, I'm saying full no to all of the Jesuses on representing here. <laughs> all the Jesus eye of the multiverse. <laughs> nope. I mean, dude, that, that, that Jesus looks fucking, great. That reminds me of American Gods. I don't yeah. know if yeah. you've seen it, Megan, but there is a scene where they're celebrating Easter. And the mm-hmm. main character is in a room full of like five different representations of Christ. Oh. It's a pretty good time. I mean, I read the book, it's and like wacky. he he's yeah. in a room at one point with like the council of old gods. Yeah, no, it's not which the is same. Pretty cool. Yeah, it's not the same. Yeah, I figured. Listen, all right, this is New Jesus. This is New Jesus. New Jesus is composed of a dining room table, what looks like trumpets, scales, some Christmas ornaments, um, Christmas ornaments, and more Christmas ornaments. Yeah, a lot of Christmas ornaments, honestly. I don't know. Those so two clown faces? Or are those like, yep. what are those? Well, I don't know. Speakers, maybe? I don't. Those are terrifying is what they are. Maybe that's a halo up on the top. I see a halo. That's all I can sing of but that anyway. song. But anyway. I mean. Get copyright stricken. stricken. So that was, but he ended up dismantling it because, um, you know, it didn't. Do any your own portable like Jesus that you can bring with you everywhere? Okay, that is not a portable. Ben Franklin's ghost was <laughs> yeah. Ben long. Franklin's ghost was probably like, have you tried shocking it with lightning? Have you tried turning it and... off and back on again? <laughs> and Spear was like, I'm, I'm a clergyman, not an inventor. I'm a doctor. Not uh, uh, so for the rest of his life, Spear was influenced by spiritualism, and his business cards read. 
Guided and assisted by beneficent spirit intelligences, Mr. S will examine and prescribe for disease of body and mind, will delineate the character of persons when present or by letter, and indicate their future as impressions are given him, will sketch the special capacities of young persons, applications to lecture, or hold conversations on spiritualism, will be welcomed. So it's a long business card. I don't know. I was about to say, I have a question. Is the business card in like six point yeah, font or is it an actual sheet of a... paper? His business card is just a scroll that he unrolls every time he walks into a room. Uh, yeah, it's a it's a hefty Jeez. business card. You know, it's a little bit bigger than could be kept in a wallet. <laughs> just a little. Um so in 1872, Spear receives another message from the Association of Electrizers urging him to retire from the ministry, which he ends up doing, and he dies in 1887 and is now buried in Philadelphia. So, like... Ah, uh, yes, the first piece of good advice you <laughs> They're, dead they're like, you should retire. And he's like, okay, you, you haven't steered me wrong yet, I guess. <laughs> I guess. I yeah, guess. I guess. That uh, old Mecca Jesus thing we're going to forget, but... Yeah, shh. We're yeah, not going to worry not about talk about, about, Mecca talk about Jesus. Listen, just don't talk about him and it never happened. Whatever happened in New Mary, no one will ever know. Yeah. Look, honestly, I think it's for the best that Mecca Jesus didn't work out because Mecca Jesus in a theory, would have gained sentience and realized that since it is mecha-Jesus, all must be mechanized and we would have been obliterated and that would have actually been the end of that's the world. That's true. In, that's wow, said yeah. in Revelation. That's true. The world would have ended way before any of us were prepared for it. I just wanted to say that because I wanted to say it would then be the Jesus-inator. Yeah, but we Jesus all know that he'd just get his ass kicked by Mecha-Godzilla later, so... Oh, actually, I'd pay to see that. This table-ass motherfucker-looking <laughs> thing versus Mechagodzilla? Hell yeah! I'm Spear in. Just, Let's get tickets. He places the table on the beach, and he's like, go get him, Mecha Jesus," <laughs> And it, like, falls into the ocean. And Godzilla just, just steps on it. Yeah. He's like, well, that didn't go as planned. Wow. The new the new Godzilla versus Kong movie yeah, is really good. The they brought in Mecha Jesus. To they, fucking, they brought in a table and it said it was yeah, Mecha but, Jesus and that that would save like, everything. How did you feel about Mecha Jesus design? Too many Christmas ornaments for my taste. <laughs> uh, they I I but I love how they they embraced you know the actual like real life material usage as opposed to just CGIing everything yeah, on Yeah, you know, Jesus. I really, I like the practical effects. <laughs> it's <was> a good... <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so I was like, I was oh. looking up a lot. I was actually, like, trolling Reddit today being like, oh, let's let's see, you know, what what some stories people have. And, like, I'm kind of over the cannibalism stories yeah. lately. I think, like, Ugh. I think, like, it's not impressive yeah. anymore. Oh, my God. You're um, a cannibal. We get it. You eat people. <laughs> like, wow. So original. Like, surprisingly, <laughs> surprisingly, there are a lot of people who have been cannibals, and it's just, like, not different anymore. Yeah. Um, You're just yeah. not that exciting. So when, 
Yeah, they're just, like, not that exciting anymore. Like, maybe I'll come back to it, but I figured, like, building your own robot Jesus, but, like, also being a pretty good human being was, like, a pretty good story. Yeah. Yeah. Because, like, he was. Like, he never, like, anything that I could find, like, did not say that he was a bad person in any capacity. Like, he just wanted people to be better, and that's why he ended up building this. Mecha Jesus. I'll take that. I'll take Mecha Jesus for the better minute. Yeah, and, like, honestly, it just becomes, like, a really interesting, like, philosophical art project, if you look at it that way. Yeah. Wow. Seems Seems legit. Legit Legit don't quit. (laughs) Is that what they say? Yeah. You know? That's what they said back in the new mode of power cult that definitely wasn't a cult. Definitely it wasn't, wasn't a cult. cult. I mean, out of all the cults, this one seems like the least yeah, troublesome. Yeah, it definitely seems like the chillest cult, actually. Stay like, tuned for our next mm-hmm. Halloween episode where we talk about cults. Yeah. Honestly, like, I think cults are pretty interesting. I think they're scary. They're terrifying, if I had to. They're really scary, but, like, that's what makes them interesting. Like, I'm more interested in, like, cult dynamics than I am in cannibalism dynamics. Could I interest you both in joining? Can I interest you both in uh, a cult? There definitely is not any cannibalism involved because that's a deal breaker for me. No cannibalism involved in the cult. Yeah, that is a deal breaker for me, Zach. Thank you. No shamanimalism. I think we're just going to start the cult. Personality. I don't know. I haven't come up with a flashy name of it. And that's as far as I can sing that song before we get a copyright strike. Ladies and gentlemen, we'd like to thank you for joining us on this episode of What the Fuck History. And as we get ready to end the night, I have just one more question for you. What the fuck, history? If you like what you hear from the Triumvirate Productions and What the Fuck History, we encourage you to tell a friend. We don't pay for any ads, so the best way to get us out there is to talk to other people about us. You can find us on Facebook at The Triumvirate Productions, on Twitter at Triumvirate underscore pod, and on Instagram at The underscore Triumvirate underscore Productions. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. 